back to the Everybody Soccer Podcast. This is your host, Bill Reno. FC United Stan Anderson and I take a deep dive on the men's national team goalkeeping depth chart. Prior to recording, both of us put forth our top men's national team goalkeeping options, and then I aggregated the list together, and if there were any tiebreakers, I gave them to Stan. Uh, from there, we went name by name. So Stan didn't know the, the results yet, so I was revealing them to him in, in real time there. We went from 25 to 1, the 25th best ranked goalkeepers between him and myself, and then we went up to number one. So you can check the episode notes to jump to a specific section of the podcast if you're looking for a certain goalkeeper. Uh, aside from having a great conversation with Stan, as always, uh, I think this did a pretty good job of, first of all, putting uh, attention and publicity on goalkeepers who may not have received it but deserve it. But then also, number two, I think this also did a good job of showing how polarized the fan base is right now. Both Stan and I had very different lists, and um, it was great to hear cases made for goalkeepers that one of us didn't care for or didn't rate as high and vice versa. So uh, really enjoy that aspect of this episode. Uh, I don't think there's one goalkeeper in the pool that the entire fan base outside of Stan and I uh, would get behind completely, although obviously some have more support than others. But I think overall Stan and I demonstrated that kind of polarization aspect pretty well. Last thing before we get started, I've been wanting to do something similar for the women's national team, but I've been unable to find a buyer. Uh, if you or someone you know knows the women's national team goalkeeping pool pretty well and can name 25 goalkeepers and give me a list of their top 25 and I can average those together uh, and then we can talk about it. would love to do that. So you can reach out to me at BillRenoGK at gmail.com. The public are going to be bummed and not being able to see me. <laughs> yeah, you think you look good. Yeah, you do look I, good. You I, do I look, look good. phenomenal. I look unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I look uh, Ted Danson-esque. I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, a little less, a little less hair on top, but the bottom yeah. of the face, <laughs> you got that going, you got that going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Stan, I will say, and you know, this has been a little bit of a run around to to get to this point, but I am really excited. Um, today we're going to go through our depth chart for the starting position for the U.S. Men's National Team, and I'll say this with a caveat: I know that this is not uh, how things work. It's not like FIFA, like a video game where you just bump everyone up. There's a reason why certain keepers were selected at certain times. Um, and when you have three keepers going to the World Cup, obviously they have different roles. That said, like we wanted to give a little bit of overview and just kind of speak to a little bit of the situation that we have found ourselves in. And so what Stan and I have both done, and Stan has not seen the results, obviously I have, uh, we have ranked the U.S. Men's National Team goalkeeping pool more or less from 1 to 15. Um, I'd say from both of our lists, both of us had about seven keepers on it, but the other one didn't. So we're going to do a brief run through through one through 25. And the first, the the, the bottom numbers names here, are nothing against them, but we're going to kind of speed through them. Uh, either one of us put them on or didn't put them on um, for the first like 10 that we're going to kind of speed through here. So I'm going to start at the bottom here. We're going to go up. As I said, Stan doesn't know the rankings, how they've come out. I'm oh, honestly I don't. right now. <laughs> nor does peanut yeah, peanut peanuts off it in, off it in. so i i am really curious to see and, I, and i'll say this like i think this speaks to the dissonance that stan and i have i think this speaks to kind of where the public is with the goalkeeping position for the u.s i think some people rate certain keepers really high and i'm looking and i'll go through these but um i i got a big kick out of i've seen these just because uh all over the place so uh i'll start from i'm going to do 25 to 21 and i'll, I'll open it to you stan here um, and I'll let you kind of go and weigh in on this. Um, I think most of these are names that I put on that you did not put on for this first group here. So going from some 20... of the people I'll know, some of them I know, some of them I don't know. 
Okay. Oh, I think you'll know. I think you'll know. Well, you might not no, know. What, what, I, what I mean is on the list, your list, my list, doesn't matter. Oh, yes. List. There's yeah. some people I know personally, and I guess I'm given a little preemptive strike that that whoever I and whatever I say about any of them, please don't take it personal. It is an <laughs> analysis of your play or of their play. Um, at the end of the day, I want to be freaking honest about it and straight up and um, and and the whys and Maybe it's intelligent. Maybe it's not. You can direct message me and tell me to off. Uh, I, I did the beep for you. Thank you. Thank um, you. You know. So anyway, let's let's have at it. Well, that, I'll say this: like you know, the fact that they're we're talking about them at, at all, like they've done something right. You know, they're at a good stage in their career if they're being talked at all as far as like in this conversation. So that said, um, I I, I threw in twenty five as Brad Guzan. I know that's not. I know he's injured. I, I did. I think if is worth at least mentioning his name, just considering where he's been. But from 25 to 20, 21, it goes, uh, Brad Kuzan's at 25. 24 is uh, a keeper I've been vouching for for a few years now. Nathan Steinwasher at Detroit City FC. He's 24. Okay. 23, Earl Edwards at uh, the Revolution. 22, Bill Hamid. And then 21, Alec Khan. So uh, obviously we're going to be spending more time as we get up the list. But Stan, as you hear these names, obviously we've got kind of a slew of People that you know have become a starter or gotten playing time in MLS. Uh, Nathan's the one exception there, but I, I can speak a little bit more to him if if need be. But these are keepers who got to a pretty good point in their career that at some point or another were kind of flirting somewhere with the national team um, and had traction. But obviously, we've gone down the list. So, what are what are first thoughts when you hear these names? Well, I guess first of all that we, me, I I was unsure that the U.S. was going to even qualify. So, you know, in going through the whole pandemic and running it shut out unscripted, I asked everybody, were we even going to qualify? And I'd said to everybody, no, we weren't going to qualify because I did not feel good about where we were. And, and I, I bring that up because of Brad. I, I think Brad is class. I think Brad is in the, in the four and a half discussion, if you will. And that'll be later on as we get to the top of the list. He would be in the discussion had it not be for the injury. And whether it be that he played, <clears throat> played, I have a cough, sorry, plays or not, you know, irrelevant. I think he would have been in a discussion to be there, um, whether the senior leader or, or whatever the case may be. I, I think Brad is is legit. I think he has th things to offer. I, I love the guy. I don't know enough, enough about Steinwasher. Um, I love what Detroit does. I love what Detroit is. And fortunately, when I did some play-by-play -play or, or uh, color, whatever it was, for the Milwaukee Torrent, Detroit was in that, in that league at the time where their fans were listening or something. And, and there was a lot of mutual love. And Nathan wasn't playing then. But I love everything about what Detroit does. And, and obviously, he is doing well because Detroit has done well. He's an undersized goalkeeper, I believe, if there's such a term of undersized. <laughs> That's bullshit. But um anyway with with that being the case um is he in discussion he's in discussion because you have him in discussion um for me i i probably wouldn't uh simply because of some of the others like when you get into a solentano and Khan situation and we'll get into it towards Khan here um you know edwards is a fantastic goalkeeper going up your list without a doubt class i just don't think he's of the class for world cup discussion top 25 discussion yes Bill Bill made his own scenario. Bill Bill put himself in the in the situation that he's in to kind of press force the U.S. hand. That's that's on Bill. Um, and you know I, I think he's a 
a, a very, very good goalkeeper. And he's been since he was like 16, 15, 16 years old, he's been like the guy. And we're, you know, now into his what upper twenties or lower thirties. And <clears throat> he's still fantastic. But I, I don't think even on performance, let alone the issues, I don't think on performance that he's even in, in the discussion. I'm surprised I have him in the discussion, um, but I have him outside my list. I would not have him in discussion for being in a, in a top 25. And believe you me, I trust your list more than I trust mine, Bill. And that's the truth. The, the, the reality is for me, as I look at Bill and kind of you know look at him and study him, albeit from afar, I get it. I would not have uh, I would not have him in in discussion for that five seven years ago, you know maybe um, today, no you know I that's where I think maybe a guy like Brad has separated himself and how he's carried himself. I don't think Brad has ever pushed pushed or forced anybody's hands as it relates to selection or anything else. And then you get to Khan, man, I love the dude. I love Alec Khan. Um, if there's a goalkeeper in this country that is underutilized and has probably been good enough to, to earn his chances, it's Ben Alec Khan. He just has not gotten them. Uh, Chicago didn't, didn't happen. Now, you know, in Atlanta, it didn't happen. Now he gets to Cincinnati and now, you know, Roman has been the guy got his opportunity and ran with it. And Alec is still good enough. Um, He's good enough with his feet. He's good enough with, sh with shot stopping. He's a hell of a dude. He's a quality leader. I love the guy. Um, I think he's, I think he's uh, certainly in discussion at 25. I did not have him on what I sent you as a, as a list of 14. Um, and I, I hope I'm, you know, right in that list. But at the end of the day, I, I, I love Alec Khan. I think it's great that he's at the top of those five you mentioned. So I, he's big time in my in my eyes. Yeah, you know the, the group there. I mean, Gazan, I I wanted to include just because you know I I think he's done a lot, and I I would be remiss to just completely leave him out of the discussion. Um, but I think the group as a whole, you know, like, I think they're a fairly polarizing group that some people re you could find someone in, in Steinwasher like I am the one person who's advocating for him to <laughs> to be in in MLS. Um, I'm not the one. There are other people, but there aren't many. Um. Because these USL keepers get tagged as USL yeah. keepers, and as Josh Cohen will, we'll talk more about later. But you know, he, he said recently that once you get that tag, it's very tough to get out. So, but that said, you know, all these keepers that we just went over, like you've got people who really like them, and you've got people who either don't rate them at all or don't know who they are. Um, Earl Edwards might fill into that last bit there. So I, you know, I I wanted to include these names just because I I think they're worth bringing up. The fact that like I think you can almost just look at these five and say, yeah, this almost sums up where the country is when we look at goalkeepers because some people really like them and you've got these fans and bill hamid his supporters are probably the loudest of that group there and i understand why um i think for him i'm all he's going to be like the perennial player of like the what if for me of what if he had left dc united and gone to a higher level sooner whereas he just i mean he's been there i mean i know he left and came back but he's been there for like 12 years or something it's it's uh, he's been there for a very long time um so the, the, Bill needs that that energy and that venom and that that I'm I've been wronged. Uh, people don't like me. Um, I am better. He he needs that guy on his shoulder. It seems like because he gets scored on. It's somebody else's fault. You know, I'm not saying he's a blame guy. Um, there was enough of that with Bill for sure. 
whether it was his or somebody else's or a mistake, whatever. But I think he needs that, uh, that, that venom. And um, I, if Bill would have just played, I don't, you know, I don't know. Is he higher up this list? Is he, is he more entrenched in MLS culture as one of the best? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know, but he, he, it seems like that's what he feeds off of. And we all know players like that, you know, and, and, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's part of it. It's, it's hard to take it out of their DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, for me, when you have these players and obviously there are a few in the league that really advocate for themselves, I always want to say like, okay, like go to the highest level you can go and like, you know, let's see it. You know, I, I think when he got into MLS, when you be a starter, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, when you get into college, it's the same level every year. So that's why there's a big jump from a high school senior to a freshman, that growth there. There's always a sure. lot because they have to catch up. They're catching up. They're playing against people that are older. But right. at some point, they catch up to the level. So the growth from freshman to sophomore is a little smaller. The growth from sophomore to junior typically is a little smaller. Not for everyone, but for most people. You know, so they can. it's easy to plateau because it's the same level every four or five years. I think that's kind of what Bill Hamid ran into a little bit. It's like, he came in, he was looking like really promising in a lot of areas. And then it's 12 years later or so. Um, and it's still, you know, it's the same level for him. Whereas we all know that there's a higher level he could go to. I know he went to Denmark and, you know, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, would be really curious. That's why he's a big what if for me is like, man, I wonder what would happen. So that's it. We're going to, we're going we're gonna to move on, on the next five here. Cause we can talk about these guys all day. Yes, I'm happy yes, to, yes, yes. <laughs> but we'll move up. We'll move up. All right. So 20 through 16 here, and this gets into, now we've got some mixed names here. Um, not all of them, but we're we're getting into a little bit of the same ballpark of, of names. I will say we didn't rank one goalkeeper to this whole list at the same rank. So on, on all 25, we'll, we'll have... All 25? All 25 are different. Now, some wow. are obviously very close. Uh, now, some some were tied, and I gave you the tiebreaker. So actually, later up the list, we'll have some interesting ties. So I gave okay. you the tiebreaker on some of these, but yeah. So starting at 20, we got Kyle Morton. Uh, this is the second of two USL keepers here. Again, another keeper I've been really advocating for recently, Louisville city. Uh, 19 is Chris Brady. 18 is Tim Malia. 17 is William Yarbrough out of Colorado Rapids. And 16 off the recent U S open cup run is Danny B- BTLO. BTLO. Um, yeah. Ross so, Cage, shout out Ross Cage. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Ross Cage. Shout yeah. out Ross Cage. Yeah, so we have we have three actually three USL keepers here. I, I misspoke. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I think for me the this group you've got two veterans here with Yarbrough and Malia. Um, obviously their time is uh, their window with the national team is has kind of passed in some sense. But you also have three, um, I'd say fairly unproven in the sense of like from a public perception, what can they really do? And Chris Brady's obviously very young, but from Morton VTLO, like these guys are big question marks of what they can do. So I'm always, I, I will, I think on average, typically give more credit to those unproven keepers than most people will. Um, I'd rather, you know, if someone's doing well at a lower level versus someone who's doing average at a higher level, you know, a lot of times I'll lean towards the former than the latter. So um, this is kind of an interesting crew just because I think from Chris Brady to Tim Malia, that's 20... What's the math on that? 20 years? Yeah, maybe not quite 20, 15 or so. So it's a big age gap. Um, but talk to me a little, I, and specifically Chris Brady, because I think when we think of like a World Cup roster, you ended up putting him at 13 overall on your list. Yeah. And so he ends up 19 here. But very young keeper you've included. 
Um, but I'd be curious on the, on the whole here. But I think Chris Brady is the one I, I was curious to hear your thoughts on. So you want me to start from the bottom up? I mean, you, you, do how you, you can keep moving up. I, Chris Brady is the one I really want you to hit on. But, yeah, I want you to go top bottom here. So you can start in 20 and move up. All right. I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about Morton. Lou City, I trust Lou City's a, a quality club. Um, so I trust that he's a, a good goalkeeper. But I don't know enough about him. Uh, Dobro was there. I love me some Dobro. <laughs> Uh, there were others that were there. Fantastic. Um, former coach at SIUE is, is, I think, the technical director there. I'm, I'm not positive. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know enough about him, so I'm not going to pretend it. And I'm not going to force it, and I'm not going to look stupid uh, by saying something that, you know, I, I don't even know. I don't have a, I don't have a clue. So, I, again, I trust you. Your, your list is better list than mine. Um, but <clears throat> Brady brings us to Brady. The guy's legit. You know, I, I was credited with coaching him, and, and hopefully Chris is listening to this. I've never spent a minute on the field with Brady. In an article, I was I – was <coughs> cough, sorry – listed as having coached him. I've worked with Gaga, but I did not work with Brady ever. Um, Igor and the fire staff and uh, in the forward staff in Madison, they've worked with him, and they've done a great job with him. I think that – what he did in, in Madison as a young goalkeeper in a pro level, taking the jump from, you know, basically club. Yes. It's, it's Chicago fire as opposed to let's say a, a pay for play model or something. Um, and then do well, you know, for me, that says some things about how he's going to do going forward and no pun intended, but he did really well for forward. And um, so for me, you know, where I listed him in, in my list is by no means in consideration for today. Maybe, maybe consideration for the next one. Just, you know, a lot can happen. More likely for the one after that, um, you know, because he's a very young goalkeeper. We're talking the next World Cup, he might be 22, 23 years old. So that's still young. Um, so 27 is not too old to be in consideration for a, a World Cup spot depending on how he does overall. But I really like his, it, what, what I see in his demeanor, uh, his shot-stopping ability. He's got great size, um, you know, for, to be able to use that size as well. Some, some guys are donkeys at that size, and he's not. You know, he uses his body really well. And uh, so I, I think that's important, uh, how, he, how he carries himself. And um, he seems coachable. You know, that's massive as well. Uh, Sarki, I believe, has spent a little time with him also. So I think he's got some um, some good DNA into him as well. And then you, know, you get into Melia. Without a doubt, I think Melia is, is, should be credited with being in or around this discussion of, of uh, uh, a top 25, if you will. Um, it's just tough. I mean, there if we, if we speak to current form, um, there's been games that he hasn't played. I'm not sure if that's selection injury, you know, what have you, but they've had a really long, bad season sporting. And, you know, is that all Tim's fault? No. In fact, he's got a lot of street cred coming into the season. I think he's an outstanding goalkeeper. Um, built like a fire hydrant. And he does his job. And he does his job really, really well. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that uh, – I think that sadly, I think the window has, has passed if I were to select today and we'll get into somebody in my top five or so top six, as we get further along in the list that I think 
you know, could have been selected into this group, but he wasn't and he won't, um, you know, simply because of where we are today and the proximity to the actual cup. But he's somebody I'd have no problem putting on a on a on a roster and 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 into the into the group. I just know it's not going to happen. Yarbrough, I'm surprised. I don't rate him. I don't. I don't. I don't rate. You know, he's been around a long time, um, and he was going to be the guy for many years that was like the guy. And um, I just don't see it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't smell it. I don't see it. I don't know what the what the what the joy is in Yarbrough. And, um, I, I, you know, look, I don't study every game of his, I don't study every game of every single player here. And there are times where I'll fast forward and, and sometimes put an, an analysis on Instagram of a mistake or, or something and, um, and not get to enjoy all the saves and, and what have you. But I, I just don't see enough from him to go. Yep. There, there are probably, you know, if, if I were to come up with a a top 25 I love list, I don't know if he makes the top 50 or 60 um, just on, on my analysis of him. And again, I, I don't know him. It's just my assessment of a GK. Um, I think that, you know, you could do a, a heck of a lot better. And I think there's number twos and threes. And I've listened to you talk about the fact that there are, twos and threes out there that are, you know, fantastic and they don't get a chance and, or they don't get a long enough leash if they get a chance. Mm. And, you know, for me, it seems like there's gotta be, I don't know, maybe a dozen or 20 plus that are better that could earn a chance there. So there's, there's something that they see training ground. It's easy to coach someone else's team and I don't coach them and I don't see them. So, you know, good on them for being, for making, for making your list um, because, <laughs> I, like I said, again, your list is better than mine. No, no. Yellow, I love. I love the guy. Um, I think he I think he keeps the ball out of the back of the net. Um he does it in in a, a great way. He's got a great fire about him. Uh you know, I, I think he's I think he's he's quality. Um you know, he doesn't he doesn't remind me of Logan Ketterer in any physical way or, or even any, any um, match play way. But he reminds me of Logan in the sense of Logan playing for the USL, coming back into the league, was in the league before, and that I could see Vitiello getting that, that same chance um, to get into the league. And, you know, who knows where it could go from there. But it's going to take somebody special to believe in him, to play him, and then give him that leash to, to run with him, et cetera. Um, but I, I rate the guy. I think it's a great selection. I think I, I rate him uh, a, a little higher. Um, but uh, that's the that's the beauty of what we're talking about today. Yeah, I, this whole group here. Um, now I had to kind of like extend the rank. So we both did our top fourteen. So I had to extend the rankings, and I had to kind of guess on some of yours as far as like who would be fifteen as far as from who I include that you didn't. So I, you know, there's a little Logan Ketterer, Matt <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Guys back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones putting their hands up behind you. Um, yeah, I, um, you know, I, I will say this about Yarbrough. I think because so obviously he came in with like the the Klinsman era, and as you are probably well remember, you remember well, uh, he had a lot of fans. I think he had a lot of support early on. People were really excited about him, um, and all of his fans seemingly have disappeared. I feel like 
I, I wouldn't really say I'm still on the Yarbrough bandwagon. I put him at 14, so that's not incredibly high. Um, but that said, I think one of the problems that he runs into is that when he messes up, because his mistakes are just because he has a little bit of a different play style and his mistakes are different, yeah. it looks worse than what, you know, uh, Tim Malia's mistakes, which, you know, I don't think this has been a strong year for Malia. Um, and I think whenever Malia messes up, he gets a little bit more of a, you know, of a pass because um, he plays in a very American, you know, hard-nosed, blue-collar sort of way. And I think, and, I, and not that I think that's necessarily wrong, but I understand why Malia has way more fans um, than Yarbrough whenever he messes up. I, I know people are quick to jump on him. So, again, I put him at 14. I, I'm not going to, you know, you know, die on the hill or anything, but I will say um, I think he gets he gets a little bit more uh, criticism than I think what is deserved, considering some other names are going to come up on the list. So I, I'll move here. I, I'm going to do these next session, these next sections in box of three. Okay. It's kind of like the new guard and then some the next group up that's kind of like not old guard, but they're a little bit older. Um, but it'll be okay. interesting. So 15 through 13. So 15, we have Roman Celitano, uh, who's come off, a, you know, on out in since he's really shown up and um, he got a chance and he just ran with it. Um, and I think that's been really exciting. It's been a fun story to kind of watch. Uh, 14, we have Slonina uh, with Chicago. And then 13, which I'm sure you'll be I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. We have JT Marcinkowski, which sure. obviously that's a, more of my suggestion. Um, and these three as a whole, we, we were all over the place with them, which is, you know, I, I think is, is fitting. And, and all. I, you know, this group is tough for me because it's similar to Yarbrough in some sense, but these three specifically, it seems like the highs are high and the lows are lows. And it's hard for us to really know, okay, well, they're young. What does that really mean going forward? Because all three of these, they've all had, Fantastic moments. Ball three of these have had real stinkers um, just along the way. So it's it's tough to to think. Well, they're young, you know. So how much do we really rate them going forward, and what is the ceiling like, and how many passes do we really give to them? Um, I feel like because Loninas had so much coverage, um, the the crowd has done this big like wave of like the you know the, everyone's excited, and then the next minute they're really down on them, and then and they're really excited, and then you know there's no consistency with through it. So. Um, this group is really interesting to me. I'm really curious to see how they develop over the next few years. But um, I think the reason, I think us being so polarized on where, where we rated them, um, I put JT pretty high. You put Sonina and Roman pretty high, and then you know we did the opposite for for each other. So be curious on your take on these three. Sure. Well, I'll tease the three by saying I didn't have JT in my top 14, and I yep. didn't have him on the list. And yep. I, I'll tell you why. And it has nothing really to do kind of at JT, but. At some level, you know, to a degree, um, but I'll start at the bottom. Roman is intriguing, man. That um, I got a lot of love for FC Cincinnati. All right, mm-hmm. Beckham over there, little Moxham's over there. Um, you know, there, there's some real good stuff happening at FC Cincinnati. I think the club is developing a solid culture. They've got a great following. Uh, there's a lot of good things going on at FC Cincinnati, and I love Alec Khan. Um, who, you know, goes from Atlanta to be the number one there. And then Roman gets a shot and credit to whoever, you know, is, is spending time there because on the, on the, on the first team side, which, you know, we all know who the, the goalkeeper coach is there and he does a, he does a fantastic job. Roman got his, his leash and they've run with it. Um, And I, I think that's, I think that's outstanding. And they, they have a good GK crew. Roman has done things in at Indiana to just, you know, slowly, slowly be the guy. 
and now he goes to FC and Cincinnati and does the job um, in a in a very very you know kind of high profile way with some saves that are just like damn dude and um, so a lot of credit to him and credit for you know them going with what would be considered generally a young guy he he almost seems like he's the accidental goalkeeper you know when you look at him he's just got that wry smile mm, you know, yeah. like yeah, whatever you know <laughs> um, but credit to to the Indiana uh, Christian Lamelli. Um, big cat goalkeeper you spent a ton of time with him soccer's fc is his youth club uh roman has done a really really good job of just when that when that door opens he says to hell with it i'm gonna kick this freaking thing down and goes in and just does his job and he does his job and it ends up being some high profile saves there's some mistakes he's a young goalkeeper you know at, yes without a doubt but um He's done really, really well, I think. Um, you get into Gaga, Slanina, and, you know, he's purchased on potential. And, um, you know, he's 18, 19 years old or whatever he is at this point now. In our previous podcast, I said, there's no way he's in discussion for a, a, a World Cup spot. It's absolutely ridiculous. That has nothing to do with Gaga. Gaga's a, a very, very good goalkeeper quality. I think it, I think the opportunities he's getting in Chicago have been fantastic. Um, Spencer Rich, who used to be at FC Cincinnati, and you know he's holding him at bay, and that's a veteran maybe trying to help him. Aiden Brown does a really good job with him. Um, you know, Igor spent a ton of time with him as his youth, and and Syracuse worked with him. I could go on. Gaga's legit. Um, I I don't know what his future is. is it going to be at Chelsea? Is it going to be on loan back to Chicago? Is it going to be loan loan to Betsikas? I don't know where he's going to go. I have no idea. No one, I don't, I don't think, has any idea. But um, I know Chicago would love to have him back. I do think he's quality. But he's also young. You know, he's made some mistakes, as any goalkeeper will. Um, but he's legit. I, you know, and, and I've, I've grown to, to see him become more legit in the sense where, you know, at first I was like, eh, I don't know, you know. But I think he's done really well going forward. JT, dude. What do you have to What do you have to do to be the goalkeeper in San Jose? Like it, it, to keep your job in San Jose, do you need to lose games? Is that keep your job? Because when when Almeida was the manager there, Vega seemed to to you know take crutches out onto the field and play. It was unbelievably bad in performance. JT is not a bad goalkeeper. JT is a very good goalkeeper. I like JT. They just continually lose in San Jose. And I love Matt Bersano. I, I love the guy. He has not gotten any sort of a leash in San Jose. But the leash that's given to JT after loss, after loss, after loss, obviously that's a training ground discussion that, you know, they, they see that he is the guy. It's not like JT is throwing the ball in the back of his net or making mistake after mistake. But at some point, you look at other things that might be of issue, maybe communication, maybe problem solving, maybe making these seems smaller or holding people more accountable, the different things in discussion. That's where maybe a change is, is necessary there. But the guys that get long runs in San Jose with long losses, it's just surprising to me. Um, JT somewhere else, a guy could be goalkeeper of the year. He could. But... If we were to look at a face value, 
He's in San Jose losing game after game, two out of every three, three out of every four, three out of every five, four out of every six. I mean, it just goes on. And at what point do you go, you know what? Maybe we need to, uh, maybe we need to look at something different. Just like you'd have to look at the strikers there. Just like you need to look at the central defenders. Just like you need to look at the 10 and the eight and the six. But at the end of the day, you know, JT's getting harsh. JT's really not getting harsh words from me. San Jose is. Um, I think JT's a fantastic goalkeeper. Uh, I just, I just wish that, you know, maybe he moves out of the league, in the league, you know, something to maybe to, to, to help his profile. I don't know if he's a world cup goalkeeper. Yeah. You know, he, he's in an interesting spot. I, to me, it was almost the way I, I look at JT is like, he's in a place where he's basically set up to fail. You know, he, he's, I just checked, he's given up 61 goals and 30 starts, uh, which is too many. Um, and obviously that's, it's a team problem. Um, but you know, he's in goal for that. Uh, for me, for someone to be able to play well in the midst of that, um, is a really big positive and considering where the U S will probably end up as far as like, I don't think we're going to boss teams in the, in the world cup for me, that was kind of like, well, you know, like in some sense, if things get tight, I don't see JT crumbling. Now I will say, I think you're not doing the player any favors by putting him in a situation where he's going to fail. I think you dropped the ceiling there. Um, and I don't think that helps him. So in that sense, I, I, that is frustrating. And as I'm agreeing with you on San Jose, if someone is just losing all the time, simply from the player's development standpoint, it's not good to just continue to throw them in the deep end and say, okay, like go lose again. Well, that, you know, what are we really doing there? Um, Bill, the most shocking, the most shocking selection in the history of the league since 1996 <laughs> for a stunning long run of games is Daniel Vega. And that happened under Almeida's watch and it happened in the stadium that is San Jose. And I cannot understand for the life of me. He did not come in with a bunch of street cred. And he got the run that was unbelievable. And the goals that I saw that guy give up, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It made me question everything about San Jose. And now they're, they're in similar. I mean, that's a stunning number you just gave. That's over 2.0 a game. I mean, who, who holds on to their gig? When you're giving up 2.0 a game, you have success in as a goalkeeper when you are under one. And that that's stunning. Yeah. And Vega, I'll bet, was more. At one point, Vega was, was had a 4.0-something, uh, 4. 4-point-something goals against average for a long run. Yeah. And they just kept him in. And JT and Matt Bersano both sat behind him. And I was embarrassed. I was absolutely embarrassed for San Jose, for them, for everybody associated with that. Sorry, that's my rant. No, I, I think it's fair. I, I had to go check. So he had 44 starts. I, I'm i trying to think of a keeper, and this might be a good for another podcast another day, but I'm trying to think of a keeper who had at least 44 starts that was worse than goal. Because I think we can point to some keepers. of. Um, I think the the one I always think of is Carlo Cuduccini, who was with the Galaxy. And he, I mean, he didn't last long. So it's like, I think we can find keepers who didn't play great. But for 44 games, like, that's a while. Um, and that was yeah. all of once, all of, uh, was it 2019? Yeah, all of 2019 and then and into 2020. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm with you on that. Now, let, let me ask you this before we move on here. Who would you take, um, JT or Bill Hamid, if it came down to it? You know, you've got opening. JT. World Cup. You take JT. JT. 
Yeah, because for me, for me, it, it comes down to, you know, and I'm looking at it through a coach's lens, it comes down to coachability. Mm. Now, I don't know either one of those guys, okay? But the perception is that the, the coachability factor for JT, I think, you know, just what he's said, how, how he has uh, carried himself uh, on the field, uh, I think JT, that's, that's for me. If somebody yeah. wants to have a, a go at me, have a go at me. But that's just what I – when you look and watch those two play, yeah. same goal is given up. Bill is having an absolute fit and tearing everybody apart, which there is an element of that that is okay once in a while, if it's appropriate. I don't see that from JT. It's mm. on the reg for Bill. It's not It's not the common for mm. JT. Um, I, I see – uh, that that's what I see, and I don't see comments from from him that that seem to be you know from JT saying how you know maybe great he is and how he should continue to be the number one in San Jose or how he should get a call up to the national team or whatever. And you know those comments came from Bill. So at some point you get you get evaluated on how you how you play and what you say, and that's that for me that would be the case. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, uh, I'll let you kick off on these next three, but I'll, I'll read them out. They're and they're you may notice a little bit of a, a similarity in these three as far as like where they're in their careers, but 12 through 10, 12 is Tyler Miller. Um, and I'll say on all three of these, we're on average eight, eight spots off. So again, very, very mixed on, on where we put these in our list, but Tyler, Tyler Miller was 12, 11. <laughs> and you're going to, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is Zach McMath. I put him at five for me. If that's Ooh, saying anything, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll speak on him later, but 11, Zach McMath, and then 10, 10 is Stephen Cleveland. So, obviously, we've got three keepers here that um, are kind of, you know, they're not old, but they're not young. Um, they're in their late 20s here. Um, Zach McMath has been around forever, so he feels like he's old, but um, he's still got some time ahead of him. So, immediate thoughts on on this group here. Okay. I I don't know why McMath is on the is on the list. Um, that's surprising in, in every category. Um so that that that's my first go. Tyler Miller, it, it's a little bit of an odd scenario because you know he's lost his job, and um, now is he going to get his job back? You know, Alec Khan just played the other day for FC Cincinnati. So was that selection? Was it not? You know, I don't know. As far as Tyler, um, Tyler's a really good goalkeeper, but things did did not, you know, for whatever reason, whatever happened at LAFC, and then for him to move, you know. Maybe he felt underappreciated, underloved, underselected, which wasn't the case. Wasn't going to get a contract. You know, was money a big issue? I don't know what all the reasons were, but it has not uh, translated real well for him. I mean, you know, Dane ends up coming in, obviously. There's been injuries. So we are where we are there. There's other competition there, Fred Emmings. And, and you know, it, it's been tough for Tyler. Um, so for me, he's not a, he's not on the list. Yet, let's say, let's say that at the start of next year, and he gets the first nine games of the season, then it's a scenario where you all of a sudden can put Tyler Miller in a like a top ten discussion because of the of the street cred and, and the history and the quality stuff that Tyler has done. You got to give Dane massive credit though for what Dane has done, and and he's kept him at bay. Look, Canada's legit. So Dane's not playing, but Canada's legit, and um, it, it's it's put him out of the discussion, in my opinion. 
sadly, because I think he's really, really good. Zach McMath, <laughs> man, I almost want to just go, okay, let's pass and go to the net. I, you know, it's to a degree similar. Uh, he's been around a long time. He's had a lot of chances. Uh, I just don't see it. I, I see almost zero leadership um, from that position when he's on the field. Um, I just don't see it. I don't, uh, it's, I've never seen it with him. Uh, and it's, it's not a size issue. It's a personality issue. There's, there's nothing larger than life about Zach McMath. And, um, I don't know that he's keeping people in games. I, I, you know, that obviously they're not doing extremely well. So that's a, an issue. Um, I think they made the right choice in, in removing Ochoa. You know, that, that had to happen. Then if Zach's your guy, then Zach's your guy, you know, I'll be, I'll be either the fool or I'll, I'll look a little smart if next year, if Zach McBath is their number one, you know, then, then we'll see, then I'll be the idiot. I'll be the idiot, you know, um, and I will be wrong and, and I'll come on here and say, I was wrong. I know evidently I was, I was wrong, but I don't, I don't think that that's the case. I think there's a lot better options out there some number twos and threes and some others that are in the USL, you know, whatever, uh, maybe some of them come out that will end up being, uh, being better. But I just don't see it from, from Zach McBath. He wouldn't be in a top 21, top 25, top 50 discussion for me. Top 50. Uh, you wouldn't put Zach McMath in don't, the top 50. I don't 50. think so. I wow. really don't think so. Put it this way. I'd put Logan Ketterer uh, well above. I'd put a Zach McMath and the body of work is much longer for Zach McMath. Sure. sure. You know, much longer. But what you look, what you what you see, Logan did in a short spell of actual playing in MLS did really well for Portland. Um, he obviously did did well in the in the USL. Um, you know, that's just that's just one one person, and and I you know know Logan well, so I refer to him. But I don't see it from Zach. I, I just don't. I just don't. I don't see it. And um, again, I don't know the man. I'm talking about his play. I'm talking about how I would view a goalkeeper in selection. That's it's, it's as it's as simple or as difficult as that. Cleveland has has risen in in my eyes tremendously. Um, man, I think he's ready to be the guy in in Seattle. If it's not Seattle, somewhere else. Um, you know, I think they have faith in him there. I I, I see him playing well. He's He's under, uh, he's not that larger than life guy, but he, you can see that he's got a, a pretty quality pulse going, uh, you know, bleeding for the team. But, you know, he's not, he's not like a, a, a bully on the field or anything, but he's really technical. He's really good. I just see him as a quality goalkeeper, works his ass off. Um, I just think he's, he, he's ready. He's just putting in the work and he's ready. And, you know, again, I don't think he's in World Cup discussion, but I I, I do trust wholeheartedly where you have him. I, I would have him in a in a in a range, but at the end of the day, um, you know, he's certainly not in in World Cup discussion. But I love the guy. I think he's I think he's quality. Uh, I'll I'll talk from Cleveland and Miller first before I go into my Zach McMath defense. But I I think the cool thing about Cleveland, and I will say I'll just say this first is it is a little frustrating to see. Miller, Cleveland, Marcinkowski, um, BTLO. You know, you've got these young to youngish keepers that can't quite get proper chances. I know Marcinkowski's getting minutes, but that's not 
really a great environment for him. So like you've got these, we're already in our top 15, top 10, and we're talking about players who like aren't starting, which is, you know, we'll get into even more examples coming up here. So um, that is frustrating because that's, you know, what are we doing at that point? But that aside, uh, Cleveland, I love his improbability. Uh, he, he, it, it seems almost like he reminds me of the kid that, um, you know, as the bell rang, he slips in the door and he's, you know, it's, oh, he forgot there's a test today and he somehow gets a hundred on it. Like, that's the kind of vibe I get from this guy. Like, yeah, you know, and then, and I don't know, like, that's not like a negative. It's just like, man, he gets thrown in these tight spots and obviously he he's, hasn't got the bulk of the minutes at Seattle, but like, man, every time he goes in, he does well. Miller is a similar case, although it's a different play style, but Miller, when he gets on the field, I think he does well. Um, Obviously it's frustrating to see any of our top goalkeepers be, you know, struggling for minutes, but like I, I get a very similar vibe there. Um, I'll say this for Zach McMath. So RSL, obviously it's not lighting up the league right now. Um, they have one of the least goals scored in the league, um, and he's somehow still keeping them in playoff contention. Uh, he's one of the few keepers that I see. I feel like most of MLS keepers, it's a step forward, it's a step back. And I'll get into some more examples as we move up this list. But McMath, it feels like it's two steps forward, one steps back, but he's I think what happened for him is that he did so, so poorly at Philly when he wasn't ready to go in and they threw him in the deep end. This is something I get worried about with a lot of other younger keepers. But he gets thrown in the deep end, did not work out, and now he struggled to reset his career. I think when he went to Colorado, I think he outplayed Howard. He was at Vancouver a little bit, but he did fine there. Um, do I think he's like, I, I think ideally, I mean, I'll put him at five, so obviously I rate him pretty highly, but I think that's more of a product of there's a lot of players like Miller, like I'd probably put Miller over McMath if he was starting. Um, I'd probably put Cleveland over McMath if he was starting, but we've just got these keepers that like can't quite get in. Um, so I, I think him being in a combo of a, sh- a shitty situation with his past where he got blown up and then also his current situation where in some sense he can't win, you know, like he RSL isn't great. You know, he's not going to, He's not going to pull any major awards away. He's going to see more shots than he should. But, you know, someone who's really weathered the storm and someone who's gone through a lot, like, that stands a lot for me. So I, I don't disagree. I think his on-field vibe and personality is somewhat lacking. <laughs> and he doesn't wow me in that sense. But when I look at, like, what the goals he's given up and what he's actually saving, like, he's one of the more consistent goalkeepers in that sense. Because I every other goalkeeper in this list, I can go find bonehead mistakes. And, like, you know, McMath, like, does he have this? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think he's really making any more than the rest of the group. Your Honor, can I approach the bench? Yeah, absolutely. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Right, because yeah. it's not difficult to play, outplay Tim Howard at the, at the end of Tim's career <laughs> in Major League Soccer. All right. Yeah. Tim Tim was an absolute, you know, top five goalkeeper in the history of the U.S. When Tim was able to still contribute, okay? And, you know, People that will want to have a go at, 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 at me and and what have you, I, fair enough. I was not a top five goalkeeper, but I've certainly looked at enough in the, the Casey's and the Brad's and the Tonys, and we could go on and on about uh, about you know current, present day, and and past, and obviously Tim in that discussion, he was not getting it done in Colorado, and so defaulting to McMath, in my opinion, that's how it would be. It is what it is. You get guys now that are getting called into the league in difficult spots. Look, Ethan Horvath was called into a difficult spot against Mexico, performed. Dane St. Clair goes in as a youngster, performs. You, you, you look at, at um, 
what Wedden has going out there with be, with Blake in in uh, in Philly now. Uh, you've got Roman stepping in and doing what Roman's doing now. You got Slanina in Chicago at 18 years old. McMath has had chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. And I don't know how old he is now. Um, but from a performance perspective, for what I would select in the flavor of a goalkeeper, he's not my guy, man. He's not my guy. And, he, and he's, uh, I don't think he's getting it done for RSL. And I don't, again, you know, in whatever, March, when the season starts, if he's the guy there, hey, let's set up that Zoom. I'll accept the invite. I'll, <laughs> I'll wear a Zach McMath jersey for a week. Um, and it'll it'll have to be big because, Zach, I'm a big guy, and, and uh, it'll have to be a double XL. But it, <laughs> whoo, I'll, I'll say this, I and I, I know you'll disagree, which is fair. But I would say McMath has significantly outperformed just this season any goalkeeper we've mentioned before. Any any of the now uh, going forward, I think you know, like the Soninia, Seltano, like I think they're going to pass him. Won't disagree with that. But I that's I think he's having a good year. I think it gets a little missed with RSL. But so we can go. Is, let, let, let's. I'm I'm looking at the list. Okay. okay. Yeah. And Cleveland is above him. So you know, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Take we out, can't yeah. have that discussion. Yeah. And I would agree. Tyler has not had any, sure. any or many minutes. Fair enough. JT Marcinkowski, you know, look, we can talk about how good we think JT is, but results are results. Yeah. yeah. So I would agree there. I mean, it's been, it's been other than living in San Jose, that's about the only good thing in San Jose, <laughs> you know, that you live in San Jose. Um, you know, Vitiello is not in the league. Yarbrough, I would agree. Outperformed uh, Yarbrough. Um, Melia, you know, debatable, but fair enough. Uh, Khan has not had many minutes. Brady's not playing in the league at the, at the moment. Uh, he's not got minutes in the league. Um, Hamid, you know, uh, for sure. But I would not say that McMath has outperformed Slen um, uh, Roman Solentano. Mm. Would you, I mean, do you think no, that I, he's outperformed Roman? I do, I do. I, I think, I think, and this is what I was going to earlier, I think those younger guys get a number of passes on mistakes. And, like, in some sense, fair, because, like, they're developing, I'll give that to them. Sure, the vision, if, the leash. Yeah, but I, just exclusively this year, if that, that's kind of my argument. Like, if it was just this in a bottle, I would say both Gaga and Roman, like. Fair enough, good, yeah. good debate. Um yeah. You know, and I and I think look where where Slanina is and and where they are, I would I would agree. Chicago's not not they're out of playoff contention, and he's had a ton of opportunities to play. And I I certainly do believe the the future for Gaga is you know twice the future it it is currently or or was for Zach McMath. Sure. Um, but that's the future you're you're talking about this year, and I and I understand the point. I would agree with everything. I just, I, I don't know that I would agree with it with Roman and how Roman's performed, but you know, at the end of the day, we've spent enough time on Zach. <laughs> yeah, we can move on. All right. So this next group and, and similar trend or a certain similar um, kind of vibe and point in their career, uh, nine through seven here, we'll go nine, Joe Willis, uh, eight, Stefan Fry, seven, Sean Johnson uh, to just open this up. I I'll say on Sean Johnson, uh, Stan put him at three. I put him at twelve. Um, I cannot. I Sean Johnson is the perennial, the highs are high and the lows are low sort of keeper for me. And I, 
for me, that's, that's frustrating. I would rather much have a keeper who's going to be a little more steady and consistent. Um, you know, even when things are tough, I feel like I, I really struggle seeing some of the mistakes because I, I think we can look at some of the mistakes and um, some like Marcinkowski is probably a good example of like, well, if he had done this and changed this like tactically, technically, whereas Sean Johnson's mistakes, it almost just seems, it seems like he, you know, it just like he, he turns into like a different player and like something, it just seems like something gets really off on the play and it's not like a technical tactical thing. Um, and so that's part of my frustration with watching him because I, I can see the amazing things he does and think, wow, like there's a lot of other keepers like Zach McMath could not do that. That was an amazing right. save. But that's where I had struggled with the consistency with him. Um, Stefan Fry and Joe Willis are interesting points of their career where I think you and I are in a similar spot where they're very steady. Um, I think that's why they're up on this list. But I think Sean Johnson, that's probably the one that um, we were, I mean, we were very, uh, there was definitely some we were more off. But as far as like the top 10, that was the one we were the, farthest apart on <laughs> yeah I, w- <clears throat> I i i would uh, understand all that um you know I, I don't know until recently that i was a believer about sean being in that uh three four discussion until you know his most recent u.s performance was was fantastic as well and um a couple shout outs sean sean phillips has mentioned that there's some stat as it relates to to sean they might have never lost in the u.s kit um oh. that's entirely oh, yeah. i don't know <laughs> Okay, that's uh, it. Does change things a little bit. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I want to give a, a, a little bit of a shout to uh, Minos Vlamikis, who is one of the uh, nicest people in the world. There you go, Minos and uh, <laughs> Alexi Carol. They're both going to listen to this podcast. Coaches at UIC, um, Alexi, one of the best players in the history of college soccer, by the way. At the end of the day, let's get to those three. You got three studs there, man. Um, Joe Willis, lunch pail guy, St. Louis product, Tim Kelly. Um, just an absolute warrior. Love the facial hair, mustache, beard, whatever he's got going. The guy could grow, you know, uh, braids out of his ears. I, I whatever he's he, he's just that guy that just you know, you, you just picture him in the locker room as being just an absolute uh, workhorse, you know, um, and probably can take that type of of workload and just get it done. Um, I, I, I like, he's grown on me big time. I've known of him, known of him for quite a while, but to see where he is right now and being the guy in selection, it's great for him. I love to see that. I love to see him playing for his club. You know, Stefan is, is, is interesting because he's still, he's still the guy, but he's getting close to the end. Um, you know, if there was a chance for him, it was this world cup period done. There's no chance at the next one. And um, he's he's widely regarded as one of the best, for sure. And he it, it just, as unorthodox and as stiff as he seems to be, he's just always in the right place and he keeps the ball out of the net. And, you know, the save that he made going to his left was phenomenal a couple of years ago. Um, he, he They took the CONCACAF, right? And he was in goal for the CONCACAF run. Yep. Um, for most of it or all of it, I, I don't know what it was. I'd, I'd have to check, but I know that he was uh, in at the end. And um, I don't know. I, I I rate him. I think he's a pro's pro. Uh, he just seems to carry himself with a, a furrowed brow where people are going to follow his leadership type of thing. Uh, Sean is 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 grown to be legit. Um, you know, I I think he's I think he's quality. I think he's you know frankly 
I think he's above Zach Steffen right now. And, and, you know, people can argue that point, you know, how, how can you say that guys at Manchester city? Well, you know what? He's not at Manchester city. And, you know, number one, number two, I put either one of them in any game, whether it be a Middlesbrough or whether it be in my CFC, I don't think you're going to see much of a difference. Sean's mistakes with his feet. Get it. He's made some, re- some, some howlers in that regard. But at the end of the day, he's um, he has shown himself to be a fantastic goalkeeper. Uh, he's come along tremendously. I think it was a great move for him to go to NYCFC. And I think his career has blossomed from there. Um, and so, you know, you don't, you don't accidentally win MLS Cup. You don't accidentally uh, do the job he did in MLS Cup. And, and he got some awards out of MLS Cup as well. And, and it, that may have been man of the match or something. I don't remember good on him. Um, I, I hold him in high regard. He's, he's for sure a top four goalkeeper. And I, I think he, he could very easily be ahead of, um, uh, ahead of Zach Steffen, who look, Zach is great. Zach is a great goalkeeper. So when we're talking about this and people want to get all pissed off or happy, whatever, it depends on what side they're on. The reality is, is that he has just not performed very well when he's had the chance to play of late, whether it be the gaffes, I was at Azteca. He did not have an unbelievable game at Azteca. There were balls that he struck out of bounds. He's supposed to be great with his feet. I don't think he is. That's Zach Steffen. We'll get to him later. Sean Johnson has performed phenomenally well. I Okay, so I was trying to find a couple of things. So first of all, Stefan Fry did play every match in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League run. So Excellent. Uh, yeah, did not lose a match and all that. Um, and then I can't find Sean Johnson. He has 10 appearances from Wikipedia, it says. Uh, and I was also trying to see where he is all time in MLS starts because he is significantly up there. Um, he might be top five. I'm pretty sure he's top 10, but I can't find that either. With a long career um, ahead of him still. Yes, yes. And honestly, there's a good chance he, he, he ends up being number one. I would not be surprised there. Um, yeah, you know, Stefan Fry, the thing I, I will say about this, one, he's clutch, obviously. I, I think he really gets up for the moment, which is cool. I think the regular season, like in some sense, it's been nice to see Cleveland get in because I, I think that would – I think last year we saw a bit where he just got a lot of the minutes, and I don't think he played great in the regular season, but playoff, he's a playoff guy. Um, and sure. um, so I think in that sense, like, yeah, that as plus. I also love that he has kind of tweaked his style as he's gotten a little bit older. He's 36, and he's playing more – he's playing deeper. You know, we saw with Howard where, like, he kept trying to play that high line and it just like he couldn't do it later into his career. Um, obviously, you have to play with the tools you have. And so that's been a big plus for me. Um, I don't hate Sean Johnson in the sense of like him being in goal. I, I think the whole like I put him at 12. I think the difference between like four to 15 is all honestly fairly small and just kind of depends on the month or year. Um, pretty similar names from year to year. But, um, you know, so I, I wouldn't be furious as far as Sean Johnson getting there. Um, I think it has been a little uh brow furrowing for me to see him get 10 starts or 10 appearances and then seeing others get zero um but sure. here we are so um uh, but all fair enough uh, the next two here we'll go six and five here because this, this will okay. be not six five four six no five. Six, six and five here this is this is getting the the hot water here so huh. uh the number six spot largely important because i i put him at nine overall uh but zach stefan he comes in at six. Neither of us put him in the top three, to be fair. Um, but he comes in at six. And the number five, which I'm sure you'll be thrilled about this, is Steve Clark. 
Um, obviously very, very, very close in the, in the ratings here. Um, yeah, immediate reactions. I, I now you did put Clark under Stefan to be fair. So, yes. but it, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, so but it, he ends up with the, the ranking here, he ends up above Stefan. So, yeah. um, immediate thoughts on, on Mr. Clark here right, down in Houston. Yeah, well, the, the reason that Zach is above him is the just the realistic issue with, with Berhalter, he's gonna take, yes, Zach yeah, sure. You know, he's whatever at the end of the day, he's gonna take Zach Stefan. So, um, it's it's my list and not Burhalter's, but it, you know, so that is what it is, and so I, I I should have maybe been better with it. But as far as uh, the reaction for Steve Clark, I, I love everything about him. I love everything about the guy. Everything about the guy. All he's gone, wherever he's gone, is is to simply put the kid on and play and do well. And he's done it. He's gone overseas and done it. He's come back domestically and done it. He's been in lower leagues and done it. Um, he celebrates things that, that you love seeing guys celebrate, celebrate saves. He'll put on the mask in Portland. <laughs> he, he, he just seems to, um, he seems to enjoy football. He seems to enjoy life. Uh, he's been told no his entire career and he's just responds with yes. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I just love everything about the guy and I've communicated with him, uh, you know, and he's, he's, talked with some of the goalkeepers that I've worked with out of being a nice guy and, and having conversations with them. Well, she's done the same, you know, you, you, you got a guy, you gotta like a guy. I have to guy. I choose to like a guy like that. That just is, uh, is, you know, it, it just seems to be GK through and through and just success seems to, to follow him. I think it was a mistake by Portland. I think they undervalued him. Um, and I think it's been good for Houston. Uh, I, I think they'll do a good job out there with him. Klonowski, Grubb, uh, I think they'll do good good work. Uh, the, the head of goalkeeping, I don't know who the gent's name is. Um, so at the end of the day, a lot, a lot, a lot of love and massive respect for Steve Clark. Uh, you know, the, the Zach Steffen thing, it, again, it just speaks to, to performance and not hype. Um, I, I'm just looking for performance and not hype. And I, I, it seems that there's too much hype that I don't see the, the performance match it. And maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm not catching this game or that game, or maybe I'm not seeing the, the best of him or whatever, but I'm not seeing that it, the coached against him in college. He is physically gifted beyond belief. I saw him at 16 or 17 years old at a showcase, saw 15 minutes, didn't even know who he was. And I was like, wow that guy he just oozed personality and cartoon character and just feathers seemed to fluff he was in control he was the man um and he is in many ways you know you don't end up at man city if you're not of quality we're talking about a world cup selection and he's he's far off in my opinion right now in form not just injury form for the u.s it's just as it's just as simple as that. I'm not a big believer that if he if he got a massive run of games at at, at City, that that's all of a sudden going to make the difference. So now I won't tease what we have going forward, but that's where I feel <laughs> about Zach Steffen at the at the moment. Yeah, Rogers, I did mention Paul Rogers earlier about FC Cincinnati. He's the one who's done a really good job with that FC Cincinnati group. Shout out to Paul Rogers, but um, Steve Clark and, and, and Stefan, I'm, I'm glad you have Steve Clark above him. I think that's a, a great nod. 
I think uh, Cincinnati and Chicago are the two teams on here that have two keepers, if I'm reading it right. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I'm i with you on all that. I, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, uh, there's a video that came out recently where uh, Eli Manning, like, and there's a million of these, but Eli Manning dresses up as like this yep. college kid and, you know, acts like he, and although those are silly, um, I love how when I, I think Bryce Harper had one too, but I love how yep. you can hear, you'll hear clips from like the coaches or scouts and like, Hey, this guy's not bad. And it's just so funny when you take the same player and put them in a different environment, how that can drastically change not only um, their perception, of course, but like their performance as well. And I think Stefan, going to Millsboro like that's been a little bit of a wake-up call just for me of like oh like yeah that's that's you know at Man City I think all of us kind of fell into the luster of it all and, and got really excited and in some sense rightfully so but you see him at Millsboro and it's like man this is you want to talk about a keeper who inspires or uninspires confidence like it's like opposite ends the spectrum for Stefan and Clark right now like Clark that's the keeper you want to play for like that you know he'll hold I'm not going to say he's a perfect keeper and, you know, it's certainly at a later twilight stage in his career. Like I think we all understand how that works, but you know, when you see him, you want to play for him. And I think in some sense, I'll, I'll say this about McMath as well. Like do I, would I really want to play for McMath? Like, I don't think he quite gives off that vibe necessarily. I obviously rated him pretty high, but I, I understand the, like the difference between having a Steve Clark and then someone who like a Zach Steffen or, or some others that when things go wrong, it almost feels like it radiates, um, you know, lack of confidence and um it's and i think going forward i would like to see where stefan i mean obviously i think we all do but i'm really curious to see where stefan's career goes because it does feel like he's a little bit of a fork of a road because i think we can look at keepers who had poor spells because it's not that he's always been this poor i think we can all say like oh yeah he's not playing at 100 percent right now something's not clicking um you know he's not playing like his normal self he's gotten worse so you know, like where he goes What's from now. Happen is is he's going to get a, a big run in the World Cup, and I think it's going to have a big a big injection one way or the other into his career. Yeah, I guess you know it's either going to be the turning point, positive, or it could be a, a a pretty harsh reality for him. But I have a feeling that Greg is going to go his way, and sadly, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think that's what's going to happen with Zach Steffen, and um, it could end up being great. You know, the, the players in front of them, I hope they have a phenomenal World Cup. I'm not taking a Japan result today as the as sure. the indicator. Um, but I, I'm 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 concerned. Yeah. I'll say this and we'll move on to our top four here, which I think people are really trying to rack their brains on who, who it can be. Are you going one uh, by one now? Uh we'll do the next two and then we'll do we'll do the final two because once we say two, we'll know who one is. Um but um on Stefan, my I'll say this as prediction, and I hope I'm wrong. This is my prediction that he starts and doesn't finish uh, the last. Like he doesn't start every game. So like by the last whatever game is, whether it's just the three group stages or we go to knockouts, whatever our last game is, Zach Stefan is not starting. That's my that's my prediction because I and I hope it. I hope he. I hope we win the World Cup. I hope he's the best keeper there. Like that would be great. But man, I that would be a massive turn if that's um, if it goes well. So that's how people we're... listening that are throwing darts at oh, us. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Union, we should be <laughs> saying great things about everybody and it should be kumbaya and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I don't think that's what the, the, the task at hand is. But... No. Well, and I'll say this, there, there are three keepers really on this list that I'm actually really annoyed that they never got a start. And, and one of them is number four coming up, but 
Three of them are Tim Malia should have should have gotten a cap at least one. If you're MLS goalkeeper of the year, you should get a cap. No questions asked. Uh, Steve Clark should have gotten a cap. No, and I'm even if it's just one, I think you need to reward people for playing well, and that's end of story for me. Um, and I don't think you reward people because maybe, you know, you don't put people on leadership councils because you think that might help them be a leader. Like that's not how things work. Uh, so, um, yeah. And the, the fourth one, and the last one here is who comes in at the number four spot is Josh Cohen, who I think should have gotten that cap. Um, he's playing in champions league right now with Maccabi Haifa is, is, you know, are they going to move forward? Probably not very unlikely, but when you're playing at that level, sorry, no, none of our other play, players are playing there. Like there's a reason why he's there. And, People can criticize the Israeli Premier League and, you know, oh, you know, he's still a USL keeper, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, like, if you have any ability to assess goalkeepers based off your play and regardless of the environment, whatever it is, and just look at him, like, Cohen's passing the eye test. He's doing very well in goal. It is frustrating that, you know, he's not going to get a chance with the with national team, at least the cycle of ever going forward if, based off previous track records, just how they've handled keepers like this. So um, he came in for number three for me, um, but he, he's four overall. And then uh, number three spot, which I'm sure people are just really trying to figure out who this is, is uh, Brad Stuber, which I think is another, I think he's kind of the lunch pail guy. I, I put him at four, you put him at seven. Um, and um Man, I think this guy is just completely underrated. He's, he's one of number three. He, he's he's three overall for us. He's four for me and seven for you. Um, but I, I think you, know, you can see hear the difference in those numbers. Like I think from the three to ten spot, we were all over the place. And honestly, on this whole list, all over the place. The one and two, we we had opposite ways. Um, but yeah, Cohen at four, Brad Stuber down in Austin at three. I think Stuber has done a great job of being yeah. completely underrated, uh, underrepresented in the media. Like no one's talking about this guy. He's a fantastic keeper. He does a great job. Um, and for some reason, I guess and he maybe he doesn't pass the eye test in that sense. I don't know. But, man, he is he is really good. He came from Cleveland State. He didn't come from some sexy yeah. power five yeah. equivalent type school. And and so the media doesn't uh, doesn't, you know, get all over him. But he, he guys, the guy's done a great job. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, we're well, leaving. We're leaving those for discussion, and then the next two. Or well, we, we can. We can. You know, I'll be honest. I I think the the last two is probably where the the meat of the matter is. I don't know. I mean, Stuver and Cohen. Like, what is their reality with the national team going forward? Stuver's early mid thirties. I mean, he he's not going to get a cap, unfortunately. Um, I think. I I wouldn't be frustrated that he doesn't get a cap. However, I think like he definitely should be called in and like. Yeah, again, if you play at a high level, you should get rewarded for it in the story. Um, and whether you're 40 or 20, it doesn't matter. Um, and I think Stuber is kind of in, he's probably, you know, he's he's probably a step below as far as where I thought Clark and Malia were, and they should have gotten their caps. Um, but at the end of the day, like he certainly, he certainly should be in the discussion because he is playing very, very well. Um, Cohen could maybe next cycle get into it, but ultimately, like, I don't know what's to really say about these keepers other than like, man, this is somewhat disappointing to see them just be outside looking in when they are playing well. Cohen's legit. The guy, the guy's legit. Again, you've already said it. So I, when I say again, you've already said you're playing in the champions league. Well done. Uh, He's a phenomenal goalkeeper. Brad Stuber coached against him. uh, Horizon league championship, 2012. 
Oh. Cleveland State. Uh, Peter Coming McEwen. up on the 10-year anniversary of that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Peter McEwen in goal for us. Oh. Uh, Peter Mack and um, Brad Stuver in the other goal. We lost 2-0. Uh, we were not a very good team, um, but we made it to the Horizon League Championship. And uh, Brad Stuver was in goal. We lost 2-0, and, and he was very, very good. So um, he's a very, very good goalkeeper. And he's also fought his way to get where he is and he's stabilized things in Austin and, um, and done well again in, in a great environment to play. Uh, they started out the season phenomenally well. Um, so I, I, I'm a, I'm a big Brad Stuver fan as well. I, I wouldn't have him where you have him as we, as you mentioned, but, um, and I don't think he gets that shot going forward, you know, but, um, who knows what the future holds at the end of the day? Who knows? Yeah, I, I would say just looking at this, he's one of the few goalkeepers that I think both of us would feel confident with him in goal. Would he be number one? Obviously not. We wouldn't wouldn't pick him there. But you, you go down these lists, and this I think, again, sums up a lot of people's feelings on the goalkeeping core right now that some people love and some people hate each and every goalkeeper. But I think Stuver is one of the few that, like, if he get put in, is he going to win you the World Cup? Eh, probably not. But is he going to be steady and, and confident? He's, you know, like, yeah, I think he would do the do the job in that sense. So, in that sense, like, you know, good job on uh, Stu Brown being able to appease the, multiple people. Yeah, you look at the careers, though, of of guys like, say, Stuber and then Slanina and Brady. All right, at 18 years old, at 14 years old, guy got signed by the, the fire, yeah. all right? At 14 years old, Stuber is like hoping to <laughs> find out what college soccer is all about. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And and then you fast forward to 18 years old, graduating high school. Gaga's being signed by Chelsea, and Stuber is like hoping to to do maybe get some games at Cleveland State in the Horizon League. Yeah. You fast forward to the age of 22. Lenny is not even there. Who knows what's going to happen? Might he be in the EPL playing for 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 um, Chelsea? Who knows? And then Brad Stuber is playing for a Horizon League Championship and winning it, and then slowly ends up getting his his shot multiple times in Major League Soccer and does extremely well. And he's a very very good goalkeeper in the league. Um, it's just you know, it, it, players' careers unfold at at various times and. Um, Good for Gaga and good for Brad Stuber. Yeah. Well, and I, I had to pull up his Wikipedia page. He, yeah, after the, uh, he was the only Horizon League player selected to the Combine. So he let go for him. Uh, but 2013 draft got selected by Montreal Impact. Rest in peace. Uh, they did not sign him. He went to the pool, um, kind of floated there, went to Columbus, uh, went to New York City, didn't really do anything at either places. It finally gets a chance at Austin. But even that, I, I, if we briefly remember, Andrew Tarbell and him came in together and think it was kind of like, well, let's see who's going to take it. Um, I didn't and get they, this. And, thing, and you know what they did? They went with Tarbell first. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't work out. And yeah. and Tarbell does not have much of a pulse when he's on the field either. Yeah. You know? And and I think there's a there's an element of that that's needed. Yeah. Brad gets his uh, gets his shot, and, and boom, he's – He's run with it, you know. It, I think there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of reality with stuff like that. You want to call it uh, 
uh, in the bigger scheme of things, East Coast bias when it comes to the media or whatever, you're going to have, you're going to err towards a guy who's been to the Clemson or a Maryland or, you know, wherever, maybe out of the ACC versus a guy who's been at Cleveland State. And um, ultimately, Brad, when he gets his chance, he ran with it and he is where he is now. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. All right, for the final two here, uh, we differed on this. And so I'm, I'm going to read it. I, as I said, I gave you all the tie breaks, of which there were, were a few as we went through here. Um, but uh, the number two, Ethan Horvath, and then number one, Matt Turner. Um, I'll, I'll say this to start off. And this I made alluded to this earlier. I'd rather have someone playing well at a slightly lower level than someone not playing or not playing at all, or not playing great at a higher level. I don't think the latter option really serves a whole lot, especially for the keeper position. Um, now, I think you could argue, well, like would Ethan Horvath be getting minutes Arsenal? And then I think everyone would agree, well, no. I think he'd be in a very similar spot as Matt Turner. Uh, in that sense, I think they're both pretty even keepers as far as skill level goes. Um, but as far as like Horvath's body of work, when I you know don't think so much about the level he's playing at and think more of like, okay, what is he being asked of in the game? Man, he's looking really good with uh, Luton Town now. I I just think that he's finally kind of emerged out very late, and I think people's hesitation with him has been like the lack of consistency both on the field and also just getting minutes in general uh, that he struggled to find. So I understand that, but I think he's kind of a forgotten player in some of this. I think people typically think, oh, well, Horvath, he's kind of a backup. You know, he's never really going to be a starter. For me, he's the number one right now. Um, I think he's playing really well. He's, you know, when you look down the list, Stefan's not playing, Turner's not playing, uh, or starting, I should say. Um, I know, I know, Turner got the start last night or this morning. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, Hor- Horvath's number one for me. But make your case for Turner here, and I don't think it'll be tough to do. But give me your case for Turner over over the rest of the group. Well, it's really as as simple as this, as it relates to that question that you ask. The work he's done for this team in qualifying for this event. He has been the guy. Zach was not the guy for the large run of qualifying. Okay. Matt Turner was. When Ethan Horvath was called in to do the job, he came in and did the job. Uh, I think it was in Gold Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's, He's done extremely well. But he hasn't been the guy selected. Matt Turner has been the guy selected, and he and he performed admirably. You know, there has not been a major gaff from him. I know he got beat at the near post once. I don't remember who it was. Might have been Costa Rica. I don't remember who got him at the near post. Um, might have been TNT. I don't know who it was. But at the end of the day, there's that one shot, and I don't think it was a gaff. Uh, it was just it was a, a goal that maybe many would save. That being said, the guy just the guy just performed, and he performed with New England before. And credit Brad Friedel and and obviously uh, Bruce for continuing the run with him. Um, you know, this is a guy what sixteen years old. Again, we're talking sixteen. Guy got signed at fourteen. The the number one starts playing soccer at sixteen. You know, careers are careers, and they unfold in, in weird ways. I think that that Matt is a um, is a phenomenal goalkeeper. I, I, I think, you know, he, he is what he is, which is as steady as can be, gets the job done, very athletic, uh, gets results, keeps clean sheets, obviously not today, not every game is going to happen. Um, 
I think he's I think he's just our clear number one, underrated with his feet. Not that he tries to do unbelievable things, but you're not seeing major mistakes with his feet. He did have a, a, a poor goal that was a result of him. I believe it was against Canada where he pinged a ball that fa- <clears throat> faded in, <clears throat> into the middle of the park and was basically you know, knotted down or brought down and a couple touches later to the back of his net. It was not a good ball out by him. You know, um, it wasn't a, it, it, he didn't, you know, pop it to the edge of the 18. He sent it out a decent distance, but it faded inside. And that, that was a tough goal to concede. But overall, by and large, body of work, Matt Turner has been, has been the guy. Going with Ethan Horvath is, you know, largely a new goalkeeper. Um, Sean Johnson would be a, an easier selection for uh, Greg than it would be for Ethan Horvath. I'm not saying it's right, but it, <clears throat> it would be an easier selection because Sean has, has played more. Um, Matt Turner is just simply, he's been, he's been consistent for me. I don't care about the hype. I care about results. And when he's on the field, they seem to win. Yeah, I, I think ultimately, I think that's the strongest case for Turner. I think you know, even look at Stefan. If let's say Stefan was playing terrible for club, and but every time he came to the national team, we won and played well. You know, I think that you can make a case for that. Um, I think Turner is the one keeper that when he's gone into the national team, although it hasn't been incredibly consistent because you are balancing Stefan Johnson, Horvath's got a few games here and there. You know, like when he has gone in, the team's played fairly well. Um, I haven't been especially wowed by the stability or consistency by the U.S. across the board, both from results and also just personnel. So in that sense, I'm willing to be a little more flexible in that sense. But uh, to your credit, I mean, obviously I put him at two, so I wouldn't be upset with him. But I, I understand that when you're when we're trying to think about results at the World Cup, you know, it's not exclusively club performance play, although that obviously does factor a big part of it, but it's also how you're synergizing with the team. Are you actually giving us a chance to win or is it something of like, oh, well, you play for this nice club. We'll, we'll put you in there, but you're not actually going to help us in. Um, Canada is actually there. That is a really, I think that's kind of, they're at a crossroads with their goalkeeping core because they've got these keepers that are coming up and MLS playing well. Um, yep. But, you know, how they're going to balance it. So that's, that's a bigger question for them. So, you know, I, I think when I do look at this list, it does kind of crack me up when I when I look at Turner, Horvath, just going to the top five here. Turner, Horvath, Stuber, Cohen, Clark, where any of them were at 22. Like you've got Fairfield. I think Horvath was in Norway at the time. I have to double check. Cleveland State, uh, UC San Diego and Oakland. Like I, you know, in some sense, I obviously I'm thrilled to see all the investment going to younger keepers and all. But it's like, well, our current ones... <laughs> You know, it came out, you know, and not to disparage any of those places, but like, I think when we, we get really wide eyed on, you know, keepers sounding very young and, you know, in some sense I get it, but when we look at like, well, what's actually worked, you know, we got to. You know who's worked? Guys like Eric Pogue with Hildebrandt and uh, Clark and guys like Tim Kelly with Willis and so many more uh, as well uh, that he's had in his, in his stable. You don't need to go really, really far to just kind of, you know, pick up the pick up the rug in the in the country and and take a look at here or there 
and see who's really done good work overall. Now, some of it's the platform, some of it's guys that come into those environments and, and, and do well. It's not just the coach, but where coaches, I think, make a difference is do they beat the crap out of the goalkeeper or do they allow them to thrive in, a, in an environment? Um, that's a big deal. Uh, mentally, are they helping them and not just coddling, but are they helping them? That's a big deal. There's a difference right there. Those type of things. And you look at the Tim Kellys and Eric Pogues, among many others, okay, um, in the country that do a, a fantastic job of developing goalkeepers. And some of these guys are coming from people like that. You know, I, I gift, a gift, I give Brad Friedel credit for um, you know, giving a shot yeah. to, to somebody like a Matt Turner when he's out of UCLA and he has every you know opportunity to go, you know what, I'm going to give somebody from UCLA. I'm going to give somebody <laughs> from, from Stanford. I'm going to give so you know, whatever. It'd be very easy for him to do that. And he thought, you know what, Matt Turner's the guy. So when you see guys like this and, and, you know, obviously Josh Wolf giving a, a, allowing a run, give, giving a run to Brad Stuver and look what he's done coming out of a, a horizon league um, and Cleveland state, you know, I mean, good on him. And uh, I don't know who is in uh, the, the back pocket of, um, of a Brad Stuver. I have no idea, but at the end of the day, those guys have done some good things for, for, for these men. Um and, and, you know, credit, appropriate credit. But, you know, there are guys that out there that, that it just seems that to be consistent that quality is coming from them. And what a gift that uh, St. Louis has in a, in a Tim Kelly. You know, along this list, you're talking about uh, one goalkeeper, and that's Willis for him. But at any given time, he could have four or five or six guys in Major League Soccer or performing extremely well in the USL or maybe overseas. It's a difficult thing to select the number one, and so many components come into place as far as selecting the number one, and it seems to be the, the highest profile selection because there is only one. Christian can play multiple positions. Um, Reyna can, can fill multiple roles. Uh, you know, Walker Zimmerman is going to fill a center back role, but there's two of them. There's two opportunities for him to be on the field. There ends up being one, and, and generally, you know, whoever that is is probably going to play in the World Cup. You know, albeit what you had mentioned before about Zach, that he might start but not finish the World Cup. You know, the likelihood is percentages would dictate that it's going to be him unless they're knocked out by after game two. And then you just give the, the other guy a, a shot. Yeah. You know, so it's hard. It's a high profile selection. You know, for me, it's it's Matt Turner. And, and for you, it's Ethan Horvath. And but that says a lot to what the country, I think, feels and that that it's Zach Steffen. And. Boy, I just, I, I'd like to hear the reason why, you know, if it's because he's at Man City, well, again, he's not. And while he's at Middlesbrough, is he playing well? He's, he's not injured. Well, yes, he is. <laughs> he did well in the qualifying. Did he really? You know, I mean, not just to take shots at Zach Steffen. I think he's phenomenal. We're talking about the U.S. number one. Man. You just, you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta have it all in place, man. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you look at our top five and it's like, well, how did they get there? And for me, and this isn't, you know, one singular idea, but I do think it's a big part of it, but a lot of people got out of the way of like, Hey, like someone assessed, um, Steve Clark can play. I'm going to get out of the way and let him play. You know, I'm not going to shackle him down. I'm not going to, 
make him have to earn his keep. I'm not going to make him have to play my way. Like you even look at these top five, like very different play styles from those top five, um, top six, seven, honestly, <laughs> the entire list really. Um, and people that those keepers found success because they got out of the way and things weren't shoehorned in over them. They weren't thrown in too early. They weren't thrown in too late. You know, they just said, Oh, you're ready to go. Okay. You're going to go play. Um, and I just feel like for the national team, why not keep that same mindset of, Oh, Hey, like you're ready to play. Okay. And you're not ready to play. Okay. You're not going to play like very, very simple way. Um, you know, it seems like we have to do a lot of kind of mental gymnastics of, well, actually Stefan can do this or this keeper can do this. And it's like, you know, this is, this is where we start shoehorning things in that, that we can't find success. So we got to get you and Sam's army, uh, Instagram, Sam's army on a, on a podcast together because he hates goalkeepers. <laughs> everything about him so you two having a good discussion would be great i want to list my top five just for clarity sure yeah, um, yeah and going in reverse order five four three two one okay was clark all right um i think steve we've already talked about it stefan number four sean johnson number three ethan horvath number two matt turner number one um you know really there's three uh, that are going to make the roster. And so for my three would be Johnson, Horvath, and Turner. And damn, you leave Zach Steffen out, you know, again, for that discussion. But yes, I do. <laughs> Sorry, but I do. And, um, you know, that's that's not what Greg is going to do, but it's where it's where I am in my, in my mental set. Uh, as far as top three goes, I have the same, except I have uh, Johnson sub for Cohen. Um, but I, again, you know, Johnson gets in goal for me, like, definitely not worried or, or frustrated or upset in that sense. So um, yeah, no, that's, that's all fair. That's all fair. All right. Well, Stan, well, to wrap this all up, uh, give us a goalkeeping specific prediction for the U S men's national team at the world cup uh, it can be big or small. Um, and I'll let you delay as I pull up the uh, group stage so I can see who actually is in our group. Cause I cannot remember off the top of my head. Um, I know we have England. Do you remember the rest? What's up? Oh, here we go. England, Wales, Iran. Um, we play England in the second game. Iran will be the third game, and we'll open with Wales. So, as I have delayed for you, give us a, a goalkeeping prediction for however big or small you want to do it. Um, England? Already, and anything on that? Oh, no, specifically about the U.S. I mean, you can tie it into England if you like. Uh, but sp specifically about the U.S., give us something about the goalkeepers that you're you're going to predict here. I want us to kick kick the crap out of England. I, really <laughs> I want us to absolutely bury them. If it can be a four zero three zero game and they don't even get a sniff, I like to bury the crap out of England for sure. All right, Wales. Out of due respect for my guy Andy Perry, I'd like it to be a one zero win for us, and maybe we get the late goal so he can enjoy the game. Um. And then it's Iran, right? Is the other group stage? That's the game. last, yeah. Who the hell knows what could happen there? But I, I think that that could, could if we're in great form, if we, if we are, you know, if Reina's on the field, among others, um, I, I think, I think, great, we could do, a, a, we could have a three-zero result there. But you, your question is about goalkeeping. I think Matt Turner plays. I think Matt Turner is 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 not in awe of anything. Um, I, you know, I, I really do believe that, you know, you go to places in, in uh, CONCACAF, they're not easy places to play as much as people like to say it's the second easiest 
place to qualify, et cetera. Well, I don't know. They haven't been to some of these places to, to play a match. Um, and not that I have either for them to be in, in Costa Rica or for them to be at another, another place. I've been to Azteca um, and, and it wasn't very difficult at Azteca, a draw, but I, I just don't think Matt's going to be um, overwhelmed by anything. I think he's a, a steady goalkeeper. I think he plays every game that we have in, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's clean in his performance. Uh, I don't think we switch at any time. I've said we get to a final eight and I think he's there for, for that performance. Um, it's all conjecture. It's all hypothetical, but I do believe that, you know, he's going to concede one, two, maybe three goals overall, but I think he's, um, I think he's going to be just, uh, just fine. You know, that's a, that's a, a, a decent run for us. Um, you know, it could go great or who knows, but I think final eight is, a, is a, is probably a, a, a um, should be accomplished by us with that team that we have. I really do. And I don't even think Christian Pulisic is our best player. So when you look at it that way, I, I think for sure final eight should be a, a destination for us.